100 likes, 100 likes, and Seth will record <laughs> I'll a book of the Bible, yeah, and he, we're going to put it up on it. there. Yes. Absolutely. That's... First of all, third John, not allowed. You got to do like straight up Genesis or Job even. I, I, I think Seth, my I favorite, care. my favorite There's no Seth way that everybody's like you. Is releasing it M1 assists. M1 assists, Seth's voice. That was my favorite because he'd be like, Dalton Malier, your mother is waiting. <laughs> I love that. That's a radio voice. But I had to be out, you know, managing the kids, getting in the cars. Welcome. Yeah, it was good. Live at Lunch, where we do a study from Right Now Media. And sometimes they're difficult studies, like the one that we're in right now. Dalton actually just said, I'm not a fan of this study. Uh, Seth and I are very honest with each other. Just yeah, so it's good. I don't want I to like seem it. unkind. So... We will, we'll jump into why we don't like it as much or why he doesn't like it. I think it's great, but it's only great if you're willing to adapt it a little bit because if you're looking at it just on the surface, if you're watching it, we're doing the five essentials to reaching the next generation or something similar to that uh, with Dave Kinnaman and his cohort who I don't, I don't know as well, so I, don't, I didn't memorize his name. Um, but <laughs> hopefully Steve's putting it in the comments. Producer Steve back in the chair today uh, putting things down in the comments, assuming he remembers. Yeah, that's right. We're calling you out, Steve. You forgot last week. Uh, which is okay. Everybody's entitled to forget sometimes. And Steve is a self-proclaimed, he, he, his memory, you know, is lacking sometimes. That's true. It's and self-proclaimed. He knows it. Again, That's why he has a million reminders. He's completely he's organized on his computer. very good about going, man, I messed that one up. I'm sorry. We're like, oh, yeah. Hey, listen, thank you for taking ownership. Apparently, it's still very quiet. At, he just sent a text. Yeah, so. probably got 40 seconds. Maybe we should talk a little bit louder. I could do that too. I feel like I'm whispering. I don't feel like <sighs> during a podcast that I want to yell. No, and, uh, but the nice thing about if I start getting louder, my voice gets a little better, actually. And sometimes a little higher. Seth, <laughs> that gets true. louder. It's, just, it's still as equally not, as good. There's no way that people are putting that in the comments I think it's right hilarious. Now. Please <laughs> put that in the comments. I need to get on Facebook because I want to see what this I've is. I wanted to be... I've wanted to have a good voice for a really long time, and I, I don't believe that I do. I'm surprised I, that You know what else I don't want to do? I don't want to stare at that TV, but I need to stare at that TV <laughs> so you know where the camera, which camera we're using. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, while we're rambling for the next couple of minutes, if you haven't already, like it, like the video, if you like the video. If you don't, I wish there was a dislike button. At least, again, you're honest. You could push dislike. Come on, you just get to the point. I, fine. But, uh, oh, we have a podcast. If you don't want to stare at us and you just enjoy the sound of our voice, then you can go to the podcast. You can record it. Last week's episode should be up, uh, or at least, no, last week's episode is not up, but two weeks ago's episode's up. I'm usually, I'm about a week behind on the podcast because I don't want to just blow up everybody's feed and then you miss one. Anyway, uh, we're available on YouTube, we're available on the app, which is M1BC. If you go to your app store, search M1BC, M, the number one BC, it'll pop up and it looks like a little green tree. It doesn't look anything like it. It is a green tree that is our little tree that we've adopted. I don't know where that tree is actually from, but we didn't steal it off of Google. We actually had an artist create it. We did. We I did it the right way. It's fairly At least that's unique. what we've been told. That's right. <laughs> to the best of our ability, we're not ripping it off from anybody. Yeah. Uh, this is Live at Lunch. We meet every Tuesday at 1210 in some form or fashion. Sometimes it's the two of us. Sometimes it's Steve and Dalton. Sometimes it's me and Steve. Sometimes it's, well, last week it was Daniel and me. Uh, but in some form or fashion, we're going to meet at 1210 most weeks, hopefully every week. But some weeks, it's just impossible. Which, to be fair, I just want everyone to know that I don't like it when I'm not here. I've grown to really like it and That's love good. it. That's really good. Of course, but so, Seth knows this, that I just want to be in the room with him whenever he's here. I, I, just, like, I just enjoy his company. <laughs> this is getting awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, <go ahead. laughs> well, you're doing a good job, Seth. Uh, 
way to make a guy so, feel uncomfortable. I guess Steve will be in the room next week. So he <laughs> well, never says didn't. anything that makes me really uncomfortable. Win, win, oh. win right there. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't even know what Steve's texting he's, right now. Uh, he's gone. He's lost. You appeared so, he's just gone. I'm sorry. Oh. I think it's hilarious. Now, now I know what to do. Now I know it. Seth does not like to be praised. Or no, love. I'm terrible. He, he I'm actually terrible wants to be criticized. I, I genuinely I, think he wants to be criticized. Somehow it gives me ulcers, but I prefer that over the, the praise. <laughs> I don't know why. It's messed up. I've, it's, I'm sure there's psychiatrists or somebody in the room that can go. There's people dying Those are to real analyze problems. you, I'm sure. Those are real problems that like, Seth's hey. got. Uh, Noah's in a problem. Hold on. I'm going to do something real quick. Watch this. This button. And then oh. Now you won't see Noah come in, and then he's going to switch back. Although Noah was great to look at once again, he's a great guy. He is a good-looking guy, but he, he does. Is. He did say earlier when we were setting up the cameras that the, the shot you would have just had to have, he was. He's not a fan of. He actually called himself a whale. I said, "There's no way." <laughs> <laughs> if he looks like a whale, I must look like. Well, you're further away. He was right gone. in front of the camera. It was anyway. All right, so let's look. Let's talk about our study today because I think today is fantastic. And again, our study is one that you. If you're just looking at it from based on the video and all you can do is look at it and say, well, they're only talking about ministry stuff and what people in ministry can do. Yeah, you're probably like, this is the dumbest study ever. Why are we going through this study? But as, I do, for, me at as, I, do, as I do for most people, well, I like to keep a connection because I also can't stop staring at the TV. Something's broken inside of me. So the other psychiatrist sure. side of me, let's look at that. The other part is adapted to your life as a Christ follower, and someone who's trying to reach the next generation, which is, we should all be trying to do that, right? As we, if you are part of the next generation, hi, welcome. We're glad that we're able to reach you. At some point, you're going to be older, and you're going to be reaching into the next generation, who you're going to inevitably go, that those people have walked away from Jesus, and we got to figure out how to, way to get them back. There's only 10% of them that are, that are reaching the next generation. Which he calls that resilient. Actually, yeah. Guess what? They were saying the same thing when I was a kid. They were saying the same thing when Dalton was a kid. They were saying the same thing when Steve was a kid. That people were walking away from the faith. It's it happens. Absolutely, it happens. And the hard part is when you have people that were that grew up in the church that walked away. It happens in my own family. It happens in everybody's family. It's horrible, and you hate it because you don't want that to happen. You want your family to grow up and be thriving Christ followers. And you can't. And the problem is you want to force them, and that's where trouble ends up. Would you talk talk to your parenting model when you talk about? The responsibility the, aspect of it? No, as a parent, you talk about, you know, the, the difference between your coach and... Yeah, yeah. It, there are different ages. In As you're raising kids, you have a certain window of time where you are that you're doing everything for them. And then you kind of start standing back and you're a little bit more involved where I like to say you're on the field like a scrimmage in football. You're on the field and you can kind of move somebody over when they don't line up right and you're kind of helping them out there and you're still definitely in control and calling all the plays and things. And then you get moved to the sideline where you're calling plays, but then you're watching them out on the field make their decisions. And then at some point you're in the stands. Yeah. And but I, don't you think that maybe the first part is held on to so too, long? Too long. That when you I do go to the stands or you go to the sidelines, all of a sudden they're like... You still got a thing in their ear. I can and put you're my like, AirPods in I and not you. hear them. Yeah. Or you're... Well, no, it's... I think the reality is I think... I have a whole other theory on this that hasn't have anything to do with this study, but uh, it's a parenting thing that we should get into. I think that so many people overparent these days. This is a snippet from something that might be to come later. I'm excited. The, I think people overparent right now because they don't know what else to do. And kids are right in front of you for a long period of time. 
typically they're younger than you, so they're always in front of you. That's dumb. Uh, <laughs> so, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the, to take care of kids is you have no choice. You know it, right? But sometimes you do it to the neglect of your spouse. You do it to the neglect of your community group. You do it to the neglect of your other members of your family and other neighbors and, and your calling as to what you should be as a Christ follower. Listen, you are uniquely qualified to be the parents to your kids. Yes, that is a huge responsibility. But guess what? It's not even your number one responsibility as a Christ follower. I'm going to pause there for a dramatic effect. And both look at the camera. But yet... That, that's what we spend a lot of time on. Now, I'm going to move on because that's later. We can get to a whole conversation of that. But to your point, we have to understand where we are. And in, in regards to reaching the next generation, whatever generation it is, we got to be better. Now, what these guys have, done, have shown us in this study today was that if your model is to just tell them, hey, come here and listen to this, and that's how you be a Christ follower, they're like, no. I got plenty of resources. I've got plenty of other things to do. And that doesn't seem important enough to me. And you listen, you can, you can complain and gripe about it all you want and say the younger generation's not committed to followers of Christ like that. That's not, that's not true. When I was, one more thing, and then I'll let you talk apparently, because apparently I'm just talking like crazy. Uh, when I was growing up as a, someone who was being taught to be a teacher, one of the things they were figuring out at that time, which was at this point 20 years ago, that was me. For those of you that are listening on podcasts, just put my eye on the microphone because it made me feel old all of a sudden. Yeah, it was a definite downturn. 20 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago, when Dalton was nine, I started teaching. And well, here's my eye on the <laughs> and, and they were And they were coming out with this thing that said, hey, guess what? Everybody doesn't learn the same. And I remember thinking, of course not. But that was not, that was brand new information to a lot of teachers who had said, you, this is the way I teach. This is the way you're going to learn. And if you can't get on board with that, sorry. Yeah. And, and I was like, what? That sounds terrible. Our job is to educate people. We got to figure out how do they best learn and then figure it out. That's the same thing with church. We got to figure out what engages them to follow Christ. Jesus had a model and he didn't say, here's what, Here's what we do. We create a, uh, well, we create a, a room and we say, I'm going to sit here and you come get all the goods, which that would have been awesome, right? Because it was Jesus. Yeah. And he realized that's not how the movement's going to start. I got to challenge them with something. I got I to gotta challenge them to something. And I, and I have a lot of more thoughts, but you talk now. Sorry. Did you have some thoughts based on what <laughs> I, I said so much? There has to I be, know, you I, have to talk some. My voice really isn't that nice. I don't like hearing it. But I got I feel distracted. Void. The phone rang and the, the dog barking and we need, we need to silence that thing. We should talk about how good it was that I was able to keep going. I, I'm That's not surprised though, Seth. You're, you're, you are very focused. Trust me, I heard it and I was like, stay focused. It kind of, I think it actually motivates you. That, yeah, it does. That you kind of, I actually, love it when a baby's crying or when some lady's walking up on stage to move the flowers right in the middle of one of my first sermons ever. <laughs> bring it on. That happened, by the way. Thank you for that uh, challenge. Stranger things have happened. I was talking, I was in the, rolling in a message, second message ever. She comes up, moves the flowers just six inches to the right and then goes and sits back down. And I was like, you know what? That is better. You're right. I, I'm better. At, I can teach better now that the... It yeah, took everything in me to not go, hey, uh, 
what are you doing? Not you. That, that was the no. dogs. If you There's going to have to be there a little. Is a dog. You're going to get to see a glimpse of Noah, maybe. No, no, no he, wow. that's, a okay. that's the thing. He knows what he's doing. So um, I, okay, I did want to talk about your teaching model that you were saying that everyone doesn't learn the same. Correct. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think that applies in the church, though? Because Correct. it's not about, there is learning, mm-hmm. but there's also engagement. And yeah. I would tend to kind of go for the model, not the model, but maybe the example of worship music because mm-hmm. you the same song doesn't as our pe- pastor puts it very well light a spiritual fire when you're worshiping the same song doesn't do that for every single person correct based on preferences and things like that right yeah, based absolutely. on preferences and what you've but grown up with that, and, and, and yeah exactly and everybody is different in that realm and there's nothing wrong with that um i would say so in regards to um well what was your question well, my question is twofold. Okay. So at the end of the day is, it's kind of a, and this is, this is not, I'm not providing an opinion. It's just a comment and a question that there, in my opinion, maybe this is a better way to say it. There's one way that will not help you engage. And that is to put, and we talked about this week one of this, this, uh, this study is to put the, um, the millennial, the generation, the next generation as consumers and Correct. not contributors. Yeah, right. That's one way that 100%. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I saw I, this post. I would also argue that that doesn't work for anybody. I think some people will tolerate it, but I think that you get uh, consumer Christianity when you build a huge model where they are consumers instead. And that's, that doesn't work. But for that isn't, that isn't even really Christ followers. That's not our model. That's, That's not exactly God's right. model. That's not That's Jesus' right. model. That wasn't anybody's model. That wasn't Moses' model. <laughs> nothing we do. But okay, so so to back it up, saying saying that piece now, now back it up to, um, I saw this post, and I can't remember who it was by, and maybe other people saw it too, but it was talking about that live stream churches cannot replace the community of being um, in indoors with other people, not indoors, in a space with other people in corporate worship and encouragement of that community. So we've talked a lot about how can we be better? How can we engage? I think part of that is, do you think, and they talked a little bit about this because I think the study was probably at the height of the coronavirus pandemic. I think it was right after, I mean, it's probably October. At the shutdowns of everything. Uh, So we're a year out now. Do you think that that's still a valid excuse and is it okay? And then how do how do we come back to that? And I think that's my biggest question is, they're talking about people online. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be contributors because how do you, I mean, consumers, consumers. how do you get them away from yeah. being a consumer if they're still at home? So that's the strategy, right? That's, that's where, as a teacher, you would have to say, okay, he's not an auditory learner. He's a kinetic learner. And I have, so... What they, what they showed us was you have to ask engaging questions. You have to get them involved in the figuring it out. Have you ever, as a parent, have you ever known the answer that your kids wanted to know the answer to? And instead of just telling them the answer, you're like, you lead them to you it, lead them to it by asking a series of questions that would then, they would then discover. That's engagement. When they feel like they're not just being told something, because even if it's good information, very few people like to just be told something. They like to figure it out themselves because then they learn it. Right. right. It's like if you teach something, you learn like 90% of it. Oh, yeah. If you listen to somebody teach it, you learn about 5% of it. So why would we not want to engage people into discussion, into 
questions and lead them in that way where they're they're a part of some kind of huge movement. Think about how excited you get when you're a part of a huge movement, right? Everybody, when they're challenged with something that they see a difference in and it's it's making a difference, they're excited about it. What they're not excited about is the same old, same old that is good quality, but doesn't seem to be doing anything, which is what I think they were explaining with online services. They realized that there was a screen fatigue that was occurring. We recognized it pretty early on uh, as far as when we said, okay, we're showing them a lot of things, but we're not engaging them outside of live at lunch. It's the only thing we were actually live and engaging. Um, there yeah, we had six days a week, six days. Something that was happening six days a yeah. week that was only, that wasn't engaging. It was just a consuming, it was just yeah. consuming content. And everybody got tired of it. So what do we do? We switched to Zoom where there could be some interactions. But then everybody got tired of that too, especially kids were the first ones to get tired of it because they were doing school online and they were doing church. And, and they were just like, nah, this isn't the same. I need to run around with Johnny. I don't need to just see Johnny staring at a screen, you know, tumbling and rolling around all over the place. Halfway watching the screen, halfway watching TV or doing whatever. But those that excel, excelled in that were the ones that could, could create connection by getting people involved, asking good questions. The teachers that had the most success on Zoom were the ones that were like, hey, how, Johnny, I, how, are, how is this happening? Whatever the problem is, math problem. And then you say, okay, Sally, you tell me. And then they had to engage. Those kids that were listening and going, okay, I have to do something here. Way more success. Now, was it still better? Was it better than being in person? No, but it was, it was better. So we have to figure out a way to engage people, not only to just come to church, which is, that's, our, that's a lot of times our fault, is to just say, hey, you come here and we'll give you the gospel. How can we go? How can we be in other places? How can we challenge our people who are in other places all the time to engage the people around them? Because we're all about people. multiplication. Yeah. I it's, mean, and it's not a multi-level market. Like the one big thing that Jesus gave us was to go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. To go. Like he disciples. wants us to be still, he wants us to worship, yeah. but a life isn't worth living if you're not in community with other people, because that's how we were designed, right, and absolutely. that was multiple and mandates We were designed for Bible. experience as well, yeah. which is going out. So I have this fourth thing that I'm putting together for groups, right? So there's, there's two things that are part of the personal spiritual development. You engage with God, and you engage with truth, which engaging with God is your personal uh, prayer life, that is your daily... Uh, daily time or we call it like a daily quiet time. quiet time or just not even a quiet time you're just actually listening like i tried to do it last yesterday i'm trying to make time during the day to stop and go okay god how am i doing today which we did that the daily offices what daily was that? office is what it's called and it's called something else according to there was what i wrote it the down. book we, yeah it was, it was uh it was a great book. emotionally healthy spirituality that's the name of the book and that was really good where he is. I just, Learning to be still, which is hard for... It's impossible for a lot of people, especially... And it takes... Listen, I was... Here's when I did mine yesterday. And you should do it multiple times during the day. But I'm working on just developing it as I go. So yesterday, I, I had a lunch meeting at 11.45. And so I left here at 11.36 or 37 and walked to where I was having lunch. And that time period was the time where I was like, all right, God, how am I doing today? What is what does my day look like thus far, and how does it relate it to what my mission, stated mission, is for me, for for you, 
right? And how, my biggest enemy for that is this. Exactly. Now, how I, easy it is to pull out your phone. I and, didn't even pull this out. Yeah. But six steps in, I was I was looking at the porta cans that were still there, the trash that was over there, and I was making all those decisions. And I had to actually say to myself out loud, thankfully I was by myself on the road. I said, No, no, what are you doing? Focus. God's showing me things, but I can't act on them now. I have to stay in this time of just reflection and community with God alone, right? So you have those two things. That's engage with God and engage with truth, which is studying of scripture, studying of, of podcasts, books, blogs, deepening your, your understanding and relationship with God in that way. Then it's engage with others. That is small group and corporate worship to be held accountable to the first two. So that you can specifically in the small groups, how do you check in with those people and say, hey, how are you doing in your engagement with God and engagement with truth? And then from that, you get engagement with experience. You engage others outside of your group to come to know Jesus. Or you go and serve in a, you know, whatever capacity. You go on a mission trip. You go, all of these things, right? So you, those four blocks are the discipleship and, and community involvement. Those four things, without those four things, you're not growing and you're definitely not doing what God's called you to do. You are a consumer Christian. And unfortunately, none of that is... Go someplace, sit down, and just be fed the word and, and expect that that's going to make you better. Because that's only it starts with engage part of, with others. Yeah. That's, that doesn't mean go and sit by yourself in one little spot and say, this is my spot in church, and I'm going to be here every Sunday for an hour, and then I'm going to go home, right? That's, you won't hear anybody say that that's, that's the model here, and that's not what you're supposed to do. It's easier, but it's not the way it is. Granted, it is other people's job to go sit and talk to those people and engage with them to help them on this journey. Now, all these yeah, yeah, for definitely for those that are on the spiritual journey to faith, the journey to faith. That but, I mean, I think that when you engage with others, you are like you were saying, you're corporately worshiping, whatever your preference or style is. You're corporately worshiping because that is a that is a called thing, that is a scriptural thing that is very important. But then you're getting together with others in groups. And I would submit small groups because then that is where you really have the opportunity to go, hey, how are you doing in your own personal discipleship? How are you doing with getting alone with God on a quiet in for a quiet five minutes three times a day or two times a day? To to check yourself to see what what is your mind been on and what is your mind going? And are you opening your Bible at all? I mean, there's just things yeah. that, that we don't that we need to do that was modeled for us greatly in the in the first century where they would meet in churches and then they'd meet corporately. There's nothing wrong with corporate worship. Like corporate worship is vital. It is imperative. Definitely. It is definitely a part of your discipleship. But you can't but if do that's that. that's the only thing that you do, you're not going to grow. And you can't do that on your couch. That's you don't right. have anybody. I, I mean, nope. so uh, here, here's the problem with your four. There's not, not a problem. <laughs> this is the, here's the, the kicker for all four of these is that it is, it takes action on your part yeah. and your part only. We can provide the model. We can provide the steps. We can provide the material. We can we provide the corporate worship. This worship, this church. This we, church, we, the we, we. The royal we. He's a But pastor, then you, you have to then yeah. take that step. And, and if you're challenged properly, people will. And I will tell you, the, the next generation, my generation, your generation, even the and younger generations, they, they like to be challenged. And guess what? Everybody likes to be challenged, whether you're 90 years old or nine years old. That, that's why I was said at the beginning, we haven't changed that much. We really haven't. 
our, our preferences are different. We believe that everybody younger than us is way sorrier than us. And we erroneously sometimes believe people older than us are way smarter than us. We're really not that much different. We, we all struggle with the same sin problem and we all struggle with the same discipleship problem and the growth problem and true Christ follower problem because we're self-focused. <laughs> and so we just think that we're, we're doing it good and everybody else is doing it poorly. That's the reality. And we have to, we have to recognize that everybody's going through the same, same struggle. And they need the same God and the same Savior that we have. And Jesus did that. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he showed up and he shook things up. He challenged people. And like me, you, if anybody that knows me knows I hate confrontation. I mean, it, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. But me too. there right. is something that is exciting when there is a movement that has happened multiple times in the church since I've been here that you get people almost agitated. Mm-hmm. And what did that do? Whether it was the right movement or wrong movement, what it, th- it caused them to start thinking and mm-hmm. evaluating things that they haven't thought about or evaluate because they became consumers sitting mm-hmm. in the rows of the it church was, was... and listening. Jesus showed up, read a scripture, threw it in the air, and everyone's going, whoa, why are you pulling the goat out of the gutter, whatever he's talking about. I mean, it didn't, it didn't matter. I don't remember that. Passage. No, it like wasn't goat. Uh, what okay. is it where he talks about, would you help your friend pull his ox, ox out of the gutter yeah. on the Sabbath? You know, the, he just, he stirred the pot. He challenged people and there's excitement for that. And I get excited, even though it makes me sick to my stomach, confrontation, challenging changes us. But that's part of leadership too, is leaders are, are called to challenge people and and serve and do all those other things but but we're all called to that jesus called all of us to that and he modeled it and if you're a christ follower that's what you're called to do it doesn't matter if you're a pastor if you doesn't it doesn't we have the same struggles that you have the only difference is we come here every day and it's in front of us and we think about it a lot maybe more but it doesn't change what we think about personally and the way that we operate and and, and it's really the same thing that you guys got to do Jesus has called us to a certain thing. If we're dying to our old self, following him anew, that's a challenge. Because most of the time, that's not what we do. I mean, I evaluate every day that I'm constantly being pulled to myself. And I fail all the time where it's like, but I don't want to. I want to. Yeah. Constantly. That's right. And that's where Jesus shook things up, that Mm -hmm. you're not living for yourself you're living for him and for your neighbor. And that's what, that, listen, that's what God did, right? God could have, God was God. I said this to somebody earlier today. God was God. He could have fixed everything sitting up on his throne in heaven because he made everything. He could have fixed everything. He could have said, you know what? That sin thing, I forgive you. We're good. He could have made it like that. Oh, yeah. But that's not the design because he, that's not the best way. And his, he said, no, I'm going to reconcile you to me. I'm going to bring you back to me. And the only way that I can do that is I'm going to share my son with you who's going to be a sacrifice for you because I love you. Because that's what he wanted. He wanted us to understand the love that he had for us, that we should turn around and love others. And he wanted us to have free will to be autonomous. And without that, without free will, you don't really have love. I've had debates with people that said, no, everyone's going to heaven. Well, if everyone's going to heaven, then that means God is forcing heaven and he's, he's taken away free will. That's right. It's not a reality. You have to choose it. It's your path. Just, just like even Jesus had to cho- choose. Oh, yeah. He had to make the choice to, to, to be put on the cross. Because again, I think I said this earlier, this, this is not biblical. So just 
he could have he could have busted out with like lasers everywhere and just wiped yes. everybody out and said, "I'm out, deuces." And but he didn't because that wasn't the that wasn't the the goal for rec- reconciliation. And he's for praying God. in the garden that God would take the cup from him. That's right. This is you too could tell much. He didn't really want to do that. But no, because his human side was yeah human. And man, that's you have to remember that you're not perfect. The younger generation is not perfect. So how do we best reach? All people, because I would submit younger generation, older generation, everybody wants to be challenged. And when you're challenged with something that's impactful, you move, and you move in a big way. Yeah. Every generation. The younger generation is just saying, I've got enough resources, and I've got enough uh, people, community on social media. I've got all of the access to all the things that I need, so you got to be better than that. And that's the biggest difference, because up to this point, even when I was a kid, we didn't have access to all that stuff, right? I had to go to church to find books and things like that, or I had to go to Lifeway, or I had to go someplace like that, which I didn't even know about. Now, you can Google whatever you want. You can, you can find Right Now Media, great place, great resource. You can find any pastor you want, just like that. But the reason why the local church is still so important, and the reason why we have to continue to commit as a church at Magnolia's First to reach that next generation and to continue to grow as a body of believers is because there is no substitute for that local community and the local group of people that stare across the table at you and go, Hey, how is your walk? And you are okay to answer them honestly, because you know, they're not going to judge you and they care enough about you to ask, not because they're trying to check a box, but because they love you the way that Christ loved them. I have a challenge. For those of you that are joining us. No way. We're not going to have a challenge on the day we talk about challenges. Yes, before. I have a challenge. <laughs> and I'm joining you in, I'm joining this challenge. Okay. okay. Question yourself. Are you a contributor? Are you a consumer? A consumer being someone who is just taking in content. Are you contributing to local body of believers? Whether that's your church or a Bible study group, small group. And then after you ask that self, your, uh, after you ask yourself the question, am I a consumer or a contributor? Ask yourself, how can you reduce the consumerism? So for me, it's the funny videos on Facebook that get me. I stop contributing when I realize I am consuming and consuming and consuming. And this this little devil is the worst. It's like you said, everything. You got you a nice new one. I know. (laughs) Everything everything is at your fingertips. And so my challenge for you is consumer or contributor. Find, find where you're at. And I'm joining you on that challenge because I'll tell you right now, I'm probably more consumer than I want to be. Um, yeah, and, 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 and really it is identifying. Be. It's identifying that because we don't even recognize it most of the time, which is the biggest part of the problem. It, you tell people that and it's offensive. They're like, whoa. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, sorry. that, Sorry, but show me how. I'm not right. <laughs> well, I think the, you get the most reactions from things that are true. Yeah, that of are course. Hard to hear. People are like, oh, ah, uh, uh, uh. So evaluate that in yourself. If you're mad at me right now, okay, just evaluate your... <laughs> but again, listen, this group's been going on for a long time. We have people that have been joining us on Live at Lunch for years at this point. Yeah. We care enough about you to tell you the truth. And we hope that you have people in your circle also, outside of the couple of us, that you care enough about to say... Are you a consumer or are you, what's the other word? Contributor. Contributor. That never happens. <laughs> I know. My brain just like shut off. My respect I was thinking you was of just the, dropping I know, it's okay. It should, uh, right now, I think it's leveling to where it needs to be. <laughs> the amount of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got me well, uh, 
up a little bit higher than I really should be. I'm just a normal dude with a failing brain. Wow, I don't know about that. that's so sad. I don't know about that. Why do you keep it's, coming down with these comments I'm that sorry. are just I'm, this I, I have a my problem is I have a huge head. Not also physically, but I can get full of myself pretty quick. So yeah, I get that. I, that's part of the reason why I try not. I don't take compliments very well, and because I know if I start believing my own yeah thing yeah. or whatever that's called. Yeah, I, I know that. Yeah, I it gets bad, <laughs> and I don't want to get bad. I I don't want to be that way because I that doesn't help anybody. Okay, we only have two minutes left. Oh man, we're about to. Oh well, this has been a great conversation. It really Listen, has. We are super excited, and despite the fact that he doesn't necessarily like this study, I think it generates great conversation for engaging the next generation and engaging all generations, right? If we're adapting this, we're adapting this for every generation so that no matter who you are, if you are a Christ follower, your call is to engage every generation to become Christ followers in a lot of different ways. So we, we do challenge you to do that this week, to look at your own life and, and ask the question, am I engaging or am I consuming? And how can I consume less and engage more? How can I contribute more? So I think that's why we week. like Hallmark movies so much, though, right? Because they're not really on their phones a lot on Hallmark movies. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm, I love Almost Hallmark movies. Almost made it the whole time. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to talk to him about that. <laughs> you guys have Christmas a great time's week. coming. Oh, <laughs> I love Hallmark Christmas. Bye, everybody. See you later. <laughs> Fade to black, man. <laughs>